Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to talk Sabres hockey. Let's get the inside story. Here's Sabres head coach, Don Granado. The Don Granado Show is being brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. By Losi and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. And by Town Auto Group. Check out Town Auto Group's lineup of EVs. Now with head coach Don Granado, here's Howard Simon and Jeremy White. Hey, good morning. Don Granado going to join us on the Western Hotline. Jeremy White, Jody Biasi. Moved from his normal Tuesday spot to a Thursday morning. Don, good morning. Good morning, guys. How's Winnipeg? It is very cold. <laughs> I I checked before we had you on. I wasn't sure if I was going to see a minus number. I, I see that it's 11 degrees. So Yeah, we, we walked to dinner last night, and about four steps out the door, I regretted that we, we were walking to dinner. So it's cold. It's cold. You, you know, you have a lot of road trips, of course, over the course of the year. Some are to beautiful climates. Others are uh, cold. And, uh, I mean, at least the cold ones are quite often in hockey hotbeds, so I'd imagine you at least like that part of it. I was going to say, don't say it's not beautiful here. It's just cold. Yeah. So it's 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 hockey weather here. Uh, this is an area I, I come quite a bit in the offseason to fish, and it's a beautiful area. It's just a little different this time of the year. Yeah. Well, tonight, 8 o'clock, uh, our time against Winnipeg, looking to extend your winning streak. I'd imagine, Don, you're, you're pretty happy with how the club's playing right now. Uh. I'm happy, yes. Uh, never content, though. It's, it's, uh, you get to enjoy the win, as, as we did in Dallas the other night, for about five minutes. And uh, then you're on. Your brain moves to St. Louis and all that preparation. So uh, I enjoyed the St. Louis win for about five minutes, too. And uh, now it's on to Winnipeg, which is uh, obviously a very good hockey team and a, and a big challenge. Talking about that St. Louis win, I mean, a 4 nothing start, you know, you'd probably love to get up 4 nothing in every game. It's a, it's a great place to be. As they start to come back, you know, what's it like to coach a young group as, especially on the road, right? 4 nothing, 4-1, 4-2. You want to make sure that, you know, everybody's mentally okay there. How does that, is it different, I guess, with a young group versus a veteran team in that spot? Uh, it's, it's, well, a veteran team... You, you have to – I think the, the reflex is it's a young group, so it's worse. Uh, keep in mind, the longer a player's been in the NHL, the more they've lost and the more scenarios. It's almost like the, the older the player, you're driving down the street, you know, you've been in a car accident and, or two or three, and you know every potential car accident that can happen. <laughs> and, and 
And that's an analogy I use. I, I laugh as I think about it because, you know, the older players been through more losses, more hardship, more this, more that. Sometimes the naivety of being young is, is an advantage, uh, only if you make it an advantage. And, and you know, that's what we had, have hoped to do with our young team. Uh, we don't want to tell them all the ways they could get, you know, uh, they could get killed, but we want to tell them all the ways they can win and make sure they identify with that. So I, I like the way our team has responded, uh, especially the other night. We, we did a real nice job of, uh, you know, shutting, shutting St. Louis down and even frustrating them. They were frustrated by the end of that game. Uh, we had to change our game within the game, obviously, to, to, to close things down. Uh, and I thought our guys did really well with that. And obviously, Cousins uh, did not lose sight of, of offensive opportunity as he fought through a couple guys and jumped the play quick uh, to, to, to put it away with the empty net goal. And that's back-to-back wins on the road as you go city to city here, Don. And the record for the team, 14-7-1 on the road. That's eighth best in the NHL. It is better than this, than the team's home record. Is there anything to you that might explain that? It could it just be randomness, something to do with the youth of your team? What what do you think explains the fact that your road record is so much is so much better than the home record this year? Well, I, I did mention this uh, in one of my uh, media uh, uh, press conferences a couple weeks ago, and who who knows the right answer, right? I mean, I, I don't even know that we need to find out the right answer. We just need to keep getting better uh, as a team. But I do feel our players put a lot more pressure on themselves at home. Uh, they care. Uh, they, they, uh, the smaller, they, they play with a little more worry of, you know, we don't want to lose instead of, uh, you know, that excitement of let's just get after a win here. Um, and so I don't think it's anything awful. I think it's somewhat natural with a younger roster and a younger team. Um, you get, Basically, it pulls you out of your, you know, out of your uh, focus. And uh, when you get on the road, it's, you know, these guys have only seen their teammates for 72 hours now. It's just, it's just zero in on the next game. There's no driving home. There's no, you know, there's nothing else uh, but hockey. And obviously, we can see when these guys have that uh, ability or that opportunity to focus on that and such. Uh, they perform. They've performed better to this point, and uh, I've challenged our guys with certain things, uh, such as we're not practicing right now. And I said, you're just going to have to learn how to play without practice. So yesterday we didn't practice uh, in between the games, uh, Dallas and whoever we played before that, Anaheim, I think it was. We didn't practice, and so we've had a lot of off days without practice. Uh, we are a much better team when we're fresh, and we need to learn. But you lose a little bit of your timing and such when you're not practicing every day, you might fall out of rhythm. Uh, and, and we just have to learn how to do that because it's the best way for us to perform. Uh, or we play, we perform our best when we're fresh. Uh, so just different things that, uh, you know, you, you identify with your group and your team and they have to identify with it. And I think we're continuing to progress. Sabres head coach Don Granado, no practice because of this schedule, right? I mean, so many games in such a short yeah. period of time. Is it, um, I don't know. Is, is are you making making sure they're hyper focused? Is it a blur? I mean, this many games smashed into such a a small amount of time, and imagine it's a challenge for everybody. Yeah, and, and for anybody that doesn't doesn't hasn't looked at our schedule, we 
We will finish uh, this week 12 games in, I think it's 20 or 21 days, 12 games in the NHL. So we're asking these guys to, to perform at a high, at a high level. We've been on the road back home, getting home at two in the morning and three in the morning and uh, back on the road again. So after this, in the next 20 days after this, we'll have four games compared to 12. So it's just, it's just a weird part of the year. And we've had to make adjustments. And the, one of the adjustments is, is just we've, I've decided that we look a lot better rested. So we're pulling some practices out that normally you would, you would skate. Uh, and when yesterday was one of them, the day before Dallas was one of them. And I thought, you know, anybody that watched the Dallas game, you saw we were, a, we were a half a step behind for the first 10 minutes. And sometimes that happens. And as I mentioned, I told our team, you better get used to this. Uh, because this is this is what we need is to take that day off. Yeah. When it comes to that stretch of four games in in twenty days, will you and the coaching staff use that as an opportunity to maybe I don't know hone in on a couple things you've been meaning to get to? You know, you're saying like if you can't practice, you got to learn in the games. Will there be opportunity? Will you view that as an opportunity to kind of be a little bit of a maybe a mini reset? Yes, definitely. And uh, the list of things is very, very long, as you can imagine, when you're sitting here watching your guys every day. Uh, but it's exciting. It's, it's, it's a list of – when we put a list together of, of things, it's not things necessarily that you have to fix. It's things that, that, that are exciting where, wow, we can get so much better at this, at A, B, C, D, on, on down the line. Um, and and that's, that's a lot of fun. So – uh, you have a long list, and obviously the next level is then what are what's the order, what's the priorities, because you only have so much time, and these guys only have so much ability to focus. So, you know, targeting the right next thing is is huge in coaching, uh, and and so we'll do uh, much more of that. We'll have a little bit of time to look at this 12 game segment, look at. Uh, you know, I watched Dallas and Carolina last night. It's 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 good to get a context of, okay, we just played Dallas. Uh, you know, how do they look against Carolina or other teams in the league specifically? And you're always putting your next plan in context of the league as well. So uh, the coaches will get a little break to start doing more or spend more time on that, I should say, not much of a break, but turn their attention to that, and that's exciting as well. You know, you say the list is long. You've got – a league high, seventeen games with five goals or more, mm-hmm. and just saying, as the outsider here, I feel like that fixes a lot. You know, when you're getting these five goal games and uh, five goals in St. Louis, uh, it's it's a it's a nice testament to the the style that you've played, and you've pretty much talked about that from the beginning that you want to play an entertaining style and about getting the offense on track and um, you know defense being the kind of thing that gets. You motivate players to get back to offense. That portion of the game seems to be working tremendously. It, it is. Uh, it's. I mean, you know, when, when I took over, we were we were in dead last in, in goals per game. Uh, you know, thirty thirty first in the league, and now I think we're first in the league um, in, in goals per game. And nobody fears uh, a team that can't score. You know, so if if we couldn't score and we're averaging the, the lowest amount of goals in the league, who who's going to fear us? And 
And then on the other side, we have to keep it. If we can't score, we have to keep the game. I mean, we really have to buckle down on defense. It has to be like our complete identity, which is not fun, not exciting to watch, and and miserable because you just feel like you can't score. And and so and let's face it, no no team's gonna gonna respect you if you can't score on them. So you flip it the other way, and the hope is when you score and score a lot. The hope is that you can score and score a lot, and then the 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 impact of that is the other team fears you. And the pregame meeting for the other team is watch out for this guy, watch out for that guy. You can't do this against this team, and so it it just flips everything. And we've seen that. Uh, we've seen you know teams that we go in to play now scheme differently. They now worry about us. I, I can remember early, uh, you know, I was still the interim coach. We finished the first period against Tampa Bay Lightning in, at home, Key Bank. We had three breakaways in the first period. We didn't score on any of them. We were losing three to nothing after the first period. And I joke that there's no possible way Tampa went in the locker room and said, hey, guys, we can't give up three breakaways. It just can't happen. There was no chance of it. They, if they talked about it, they were joking about it, like these guys can't score. So you flip it now and – they couldn't give up three breakaways with us. Uh, they would be concerned with it as anyone would be. So uh, lots of progress by lots of guys, and I'm pretty proud of those guys for doing And al- along the way here, I want, I want to talk about your goaltending. Ukapakalukin in, in 15, last 15 games is 12-3. and three. And, you know, I feel like you're getting a lot of goals, and sure, goals are going in, but the St. Louis game is a great example. A late stop and a big stop. How much of, of what you've been doing in the last month or so do you credit to the goaltenders that you, t- you toss in there? They're going to give up a goal or two here or there, but you're getting the stops you need. Yeah, I, I, I credit Oopie a lot, uh, Craig Anderson a lot, um, you, you know, and Comrie, Comrie as well. Those three guys, uh, they, they help each other. They work for each other. They work for their team and teammates. Um, and, and I also credit Kevin Adams. Terry Pagula, I mean, there's, there's, I say this quite a bit. There's, look at the Stanley Cup winning goaltenders uh, that have been, you know, kicked aside and are, are in different organizations. So here's guys that were the elite of the elite, and now they're in a different organization. And I really believe that you, you have to support your goalie, uh, and, and you, have to, you, you have to take as much pressure as possible off them and allow them to just play. Because they are the last line of defense, they will always, always be somewhere in the blame for a goal against. A forward, really, they're they're rarely ever in a in a blame. We saw that with Darlene last year. Everybody, you know, that what is Darlene doing here and here? And I can tell you, there were three or four breakdowns before he even got near Darlene. He he actually had the guts to try to make the desperation play that caught everybody's eye. Uh, and and for for goalies, it's not an easy position. And it goes a long way when you can back your guys. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have the support of, of our organization. And, and I think those guys have, uh, you know, know the respect we have for them and, and their teammates have for them. And it's, it's working out very well in that regard. You know, Owen Power now has back-to-back games with goals after not scoring all season. And he's been playing well all year. He's not going to be a guy that's judged on the goal total. But I wonder from you, Don, your thoughts on – like almost a comparison between his style versus Darlene's style. Because when I remember, even before you were in Buffalo, 
when Darlene shows up as a rookie, like there were similarities, super smooth, and you saw the talent, but not quite as aggressive when it came to the offensive side of the game. And I, I wonder if you see Power being a guy that will get more aggressive as he goes and someone where you might see the goal total go up at some point in his career. Or would you think he's just a different style of defenseman despite the fact, you know, number one picks, they'll be compared. I, I just wonder from you, like, Power, his style as a defenseman, and really what what you kind of see from him in terms of the offensive side of his game going forward. He, he has an incredible offensive uh, potential. Um, so what I think is going to happen, for, first of all, uh, the, Rasmus Dallin, we know he's an all-star. He probably should have been an all-star this year. He, and he is he's off the charts. And everything that everything that Owen does is easier for Owen than it was for Rasmus because Rasmus is here. And so that's number one. But Owen, not to, not to take anything away from Owen, Owen's an incredible hockey player and, and, and done an amazing job to develop his skills, his, uh, his hockey IQ uh, at the age of 20 already. Uh, I don't and wouldn't be surprised to see him continue to score right now. He, 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 I'm not going to say it's surprising that it took this long for him to get his first goal this year, but he easily could have had five, six, seven goals by now this year. Uh, it just didn't happen for him. And you know how that, you know, as you feel your way through the NHL, it's a new level. You gain confidence every day, and we see that with Owen. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, you know, Owen is a different, you know, there are some different style attributes to Owen uh, and, and Rasmus. But the great thing about it for all our fans and, and us as coaches and our organization is these guys are going to learn from each other through their whole career. So, you know, Owen may, may succeed in some way of attacking the, on his own entry or the net. And as soon as he does it, you got a guy just as talented as Darlene saying, oh, geez, I'm going to try that too, and vice versa. So that's the beauty of having great talent and depth of talent is they learn – there's a dynamic that starts where they all learn from each other uh, and accelerate growth to even a higher level. One last one for you, Don, for me, as uh, we talked with Sabres head coach Don Granado, they're in Winnipeg tonight. Tage had a nice game against St. Louis. There'd been a bit of a goal drought for him, you know, but um, depth of scoring through the, the rest of the team and also Tage's own playmaking. Like you've seen uh, an uptick in that quite a bit, which I think coming into the year was a big thing for him to develop and showcase and you've always been pretty uh, confident that was there so between Tage's playmaking the rest of the line the rest of the forwards I mean the depth of scoring and the ability of Tage to contribute even when he's not necessarily um, filling the net at the same rate he normally had had to be an encouraging sign as well I was never discouraged uh, actually with with anything to do with that I, I think struggle and not scoring is is healthy when when you have talent and when you have work ethic, just complete drive and work ethic. Because what's happened, what happens when Tej is not scoring or they take away scoring opportunities or key on him, he has to find ways to, to uh, his, his intuition, uh, his intuitive sense forces him to find other ways to contribute. And we've seen that in playmaking. So now he's reading that guys are covering him harder and quicker and identifying that that means Skinner's open or Tuck's open now because they've double covered here. And he's catching that. He's becoming more aware of that. So that adversity that he may face there without scoring, he's 
He's learning to make it. So, and our power plays in that issue right now too. When they take away Tage, that's actually a positive thing. We just have to identify all the other opportunities that are now open. Uh, so, so the process, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a blessing if our guys weren't talented and they weren't working, but any struggle and challenge, uh, as long as they have those two ingredients, uh, it, it's great because we see them right in front of our eyes add to their game. And if you can take Tage Thompson now with the production he's had and add to his game. And I do think that the 12 games in 20 days is, is extremely hard on, on all of these athletes uh, as it is on Tage. Don Granado. Don, thanks again for the time, and uh, good luck tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. Thanks, guys. Sabres head coach Don Granado. Uh, 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock faceoff, and mentioning like the, the point percentage that they need yep. to make the playoffs. There's 35 games left, but they are very, very much in it. So it's fun, good times. They play Winnipeg tonight, Minnesota will be Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then are they home after that? I think they're home for two before they go back out west. Yeah, A lot of western games coming up. They're home for Carolina and Calgary. Before going, we get some Sabres after dark again. At Kings, at Ducks, at Sharks. Their California trip. And, and then Toronto, is that the first time they're finally here in February? I'm going way out, February 21st. But Toronto's here then. I think, if I have this right, I think that's the first game the Leafs are here all season. Which stinks, by the way. Yeah. That should happen a lot more often. Yeah, the, the All-Star break. The Sabres are almost at the end of this very, very long stretch of games. Yeah. Jets tonight. Wild Saturday, then a good break for Wednesday against the the Hurricanes, and then ten days to the next game. Yeah, D- Don said there like we have fo- we have what do you say? It was a thirteen and twenty, and then we have four games in the next twenty days. Yeah, and I had to double take like, wait, how is that? And then I remember, oh, All Star break. Yep, January twenty ninth to February fifteenth, they play four times. Like, it's kind of wild. Yeah, so they're gonna get an, a, a much needed rest. Sabres and Jets tonight, eight o'clock, eight oh three oh five fifty. If you thought on the Bills, we were talking a lot about their coaching decisions to make, and uh, we'll get to better to forget it as well. Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD joins us at uh, nine o'clock as well. We'll talk Bills and uh, potential changes with him as well. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you.
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Give me a baby, I'll sign. <laughs> yeah! Give me that baby! Oh! I signed my first baby. Did you just sign it name? Signed it, my name on the forehead, and then did go birds on the cheek. And I hope, personally, this turns into a thing. I would love to <laughs> sign more babies. Keep the line out the door, man. Bring the baby. Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. Who could play each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they could. They have a podcast, and it's good. It's very good. It's very good. It's very of, funny. Of the players-hosted podcasts in it's, sports, it might be the best one. I agree. Because you get two different... Viewpoints, two different yep. positions. They got energy too. Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I love Von Miller's podcast. Would be up there for me, but Von's co- podcast doesn't have the same, doesn't have the same pop as that one. Like that one is just like you're on a ride for for forty five minutes with whoever they have on. Yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us, Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe here on WGR. I had a quick text I want to read you a, a tweet that came in from Johnny about Ken Dorsey. All uh-huh. right. So let's do this. Johnny wrote in about uh, Ken Dorsey that basically Josh is the chef and some nights his ego gets the best of him and it's a take it or leave it scenario. You can talk about Dorsey or any offensive coordinator having control or even being the one to blame, but it starts and ends with Josh. He decides what to do or not to do. Dorsey gives him suggested plays based on opponent, the bombs, the scrambles, the fumbles and successful plays is all Josh. I think that it's in one ear, out the other. I love him, but he's going to go rogue sometimes is basically what he's saying. Uh-huh. Which, there might be some truth there. But if you if you approach it that way, you basically don't have any coaches. Right. Like, <laughs> right. You, do, do I need a coordinator yeah, at that you, point? If, if you're saying that, well, he, Dorsey can only tell him what to do, and it, if he doesn't listen, that's not Dorsey's fault. And I would say, actually, it is. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the job. You have a quarterback that plays great off schedule. That's that's all well and good. But the thing that turned Allen from the raw, moldable piece of clay that was a you know, bunch of traits all mashed together into one of the three best quarterbacks was very much coaching. It was yeah. coaching that did that. Right. And he's still, I mean, even though he's deciding where to throw the football, he's not designing these plays, right? Like, he's not... He's not even calling these plays, I don't think, unless they're maybe in two-minute drill. So 
I, I don't know. I feel like Dorsey is the chef in this situation. <laughs> Alan is the cook. And just sometimes he thinks, oh, I can make something better than what the chef just told me to make. Right, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on my own. I'm gonna I'm gonna. He's such a good cook that he's gonna you know even if when he does something the chef doesn't tell him to, it's gonna sometimes turn out great. But also sometimes he's gonna he's gonna set the kitchen on fire. Yeah. It's it's about you want someone that can harness what he does. You but, know. But is that out there? Yeah, of course. Brian Dable did it. Ken Dorsey probably does do it. Uh huh. You know, right? It's coaching. Right. But, like, I don't know. Like, is this just Allen, though? Is Allen just... Maybe Dable was the only guy. It's possible just because they grew up together and Dable was his first offensive coordinator and he went through the progressions that Allen now being a more finished product of himself, he might just have it in his head that, like, this is... this. I'm If I'm going to go off structure, I'm going to do it. And is there a coordinator, like, is there a, what are we looking for? A drill sergeant coordinator that's going to, like, <laughs> punish him when he does that? Like, I just don't know how how you get the guy to stay within structure when that's clearly not in his DNA. Like, Dable, it's possible to me, was the only guy that could have done that for him. Well, it might not be in his DNA, but it's definitely in his skill set. We've seen him do it. Yeah. So, it has been done successfully. The other thing, too, to this is how if he had more confidence that the structure would actually work and if things were easier for him. Because, sure, there were plays where he left out there where maybe he bailed on the pocket sooner than he had to or you know he fit a, a ball into a super tight window or, and it didn't work when there was a wide-open guy on the other side of the field. A lot of that, though, can be habits. A lot of that can be the guy picked up the habit of the year of, Oh, guys are not really running open all that often. Yeah. So he's so accustomed to I gotta fit this into a tight window. I've gotta make something out of nothing because I don't really have guys that get open. I, that's what I would wonder. And that to me goes back to personnel. If they draft a receiver in the first round and he's great, he's Brandon Ayuk, and now suddenly the Bills have a, a whole offense of guys that get open. Dorsey figures things out, and they look more like they did with Dable. And they've just got guys running open all the time. Is Allen going to be going off structure, well, trying these crazy hero plays as often? Right. We talk a lot about trust, and trusting a wide receiver might not be, you know, I know who he is as a person and trust him. It might just be, yeah, whenever I give him the ball, he runs into the end zone. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he runs past people, and there's a first down that comes immediately after. Or, you know, it's it's trusting Devontae Adams in a one-on-one, trusting Jamar Chase in a one-on-one. Throw it up there. I'm going to trust that guy to go get that ball. And, you know, trust is, is this person going to make a play for me? If all of a sudden you are having a lot of success with a short little pass over here on a slant to wide receiver that was drafted in the second round and he always takes it for 10 more, okay, that trust gets built pretty quickly. Let's get to Joe in Jamestown. What's up, Joe? Hey, guys. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. I um, want to go back. Yesterday we were talking a little bit more about uh, number two and number three receivers and wanted to get your thoughts on Shakir playing a bigger role next year. Uh, we saw bits and pieces of him this year, and at times he was he was really getting open. Um, I know he had some drops, but seemed to have some pretty consistent hands. And then second question, I want to get your thoughts. If you had to drill down to one key issue with the coaching, what would it be for you guys? I know 
for me, one thing I seem to stand out for me is just the inability to adapt, particularly during games. It seemed like we had a game plan and, and that was it. Um, we weren't really willing to change at all, but I'm curious your guys' thoughts on that. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. I mean, I don't coach offensive football, so, you know, what do they need to do more of? The things that worked a lot for them, I'd like to see Allen rolling out more. He's lethal rolling to his right. feels like, again, I I would need to see the numbers. Did they do that as much as they used to? Uh Did they incorporate – I mean, they had had better weapons at receiver in in years past. John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. I, 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 I watched multiple years of them going 11 personnel and disregarding throwing to running backs, and then they decided to change to be a running back throwing team and then didn't throw to them. Like, it was – the thing that always that's going to jump out at me or whatever is going to stick with me for the entire offseason is how they became a team that was focused on pass catching running backs that they didn't throw to. Yes. And I don't understand it. Uh-huh. And both the head coach and the GM in their post game talked about Naheem Hines as a weapon. <laughs> and he got no involvement in the offense. And right. I that to me I don't understand how that happened. And I don't really want him that involved in the offense. Does anybody is anybody itching to see him play? He's a fine pass-catching running back in the NFL. Why should that ever be a feature of this offense? Ever. The quarterback doesn't throw to it. He throws down the field. Unless it's going to be their run, the, their version of a run game that keeps defenses honest. Sure, then at that point I'm fine. But it's not. they did not trade for Christian McCaffrey. They didn't, he's not a superstar. He's a fine player. He was good in Indianapolis. It cost him a sixth-round pick. Right, exactly. I just... I. I think it is dumbfounding that they thought that was a big ad or treated that like that was something that was really going to help the passing offense in a in a valuable way. After they drafted a pass-catching running back with the second-round pick. And he didn't even play the position. He played more snaps at receiver. Now, he might not have had a single target when he was at receiver, but the guy he wasn't, he wasn't even lined up in the backfield. Yeah, it's, it, it is one of the, most, the big mysteries, I think. Uh, Shane in New Jersey. What's up, Shane? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I said a couple things about uh, kind of the coaching and, and how, how we're set up. Um, I know there's been a lot of calls for Leslie Frazier to go, but ultimately, isn't it McDermott's defense? I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, what all that's going to change. McDermott doesn't really seem like a guy that's willing to change his ways. Uh, hopefully he does, because I think, you know, that's the best way to evolve is, you know, to be open to change. Um, and I, I think one of the things from a game this weekend it was well established that uh, the Bengals like getting the ball first, and they prefer it. We won the toss, and I said this back going to the Monday night game, we won the toss and deferred, and, and that plays right into the Bengals' hands. Uh, and, and that's what they wanted. They wanted to be aggressive. So, you know, I didn't like the, the not deferring. Um, and then my last thing about Dorsey, um, it's not like when Brian Dable got the ball or got the Giants job, he walked in through the locker room and collected all his playbooks. Like that, that framework which should should still be there, and they haven't really like used any of the stuff they were using in the past. Like I, I get it, it's Dorsey he wants to do his own thing, but Dable's stuff was working. Why do we just completely scrap that and throw that out the window? Especially with like the pre snap motion stuff. I don't think they completely threw it out the window, but there definitely was a downtick in pre-snap motion, in RPOs, I think play action as well. They saw a downtick in four wide receiver sets. All of this was like very small, except maybe the, the pre-snap motion. That, that might have gone way down. Um, 
I don't know. I, sure, yes. They all kind of went down a little bit. I think Dorsey tried to put his own spin on the offense. McDermott even talked about this, or was it Bean, when they talked about Beasley being here, that Beasley, like, he was walking into an offense that is similar than what he had here, but it took him a few weeks to kind of get up to speed on it. So there's enough differences to where it's not just it's not just Dable's offense that Dorsey's just running. The differences, though, don't appear to be things that are helping the quarterback. Like, the things he's changed don't appear to be good for the offense as a whole. And that's where the frustration comes. Excuse me. 803-0550. And by the way, on Frazier, I would also agree that it's McDermott's defense, but Frazier's the one calling the plays. Right? McDermott's not calling plays on defense. Right. Yeah, they put together a game plan, and then he executes it. Right. So if he's not good at that... Yeah, it's still McDermott's defense, and you want a coordinator, I'm sure, that it, if it's not Frazier, that it has experience in a similar defense that McDermott likes. But you might just be evaluated, okay, who's good at calling my plays on defense when it comes to Frazier or not? Don't know what to think about this AFC champion. I don't really know what to think about either one of these games. These are these are two good matchups. They're all super close spreads. The look-ahead spreads to the Super Bowl matchups are amazing. They're all within two and a half? Basically, the look-ahead spreads. Okay, so the spread in every single game, no matter the matchup, you can kind of... I think if you parse it out, it means they think... The, the, the books think the Eagles are a point and a half better than the other three teams that are all the same. Yeah. Like, if the Bengals or the Chiefs make it, it's the same spread no matter who they play. Yeah. If the Niners make it, it's the same spread no matter who they play. If the Eagles make it, they're a favorite. Yep. And the other games are pretty much pick'ems. Right, like yep. Eagles one and a half over either team. Niners pick them over either team. So to me, that says three even teams and the Eagles one and a half point favorites. Right, which is, I mean, we've had Super Bowls with ten point spreads, and we came into the year thinking the NFC was a joke, yeah. and the AFC was the powerhouse. Yeah, and here as it stands, the NFC is likely to be either a pick'em or a favorite in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the it's because of the quarterbacks. It's because of the quarterbacks, right? Like, but Hertz took a step, a huge step. Yeah, he was a full participant at practice too. Like, he's he's good. To, he's not even on the injury report. And Hertz. the Niners, it just doesn't matter who their quarterback is. Yep. Because otherwise, that kind of rung true, didn't it? The AFC's the AFC, especially with Lawrence and Tua taking the steps they did. The AFC's got like eight young yeah, quarterbacks that's... that are like these are franchise guys. The NFC, I mean, it's still true about that conference that. There's no who's the young third, franchise quarterback. Who's the third best quarterback in the NFC? Who's first? Hertz, isn't it? Okay. Hertz is number one. Is Dak number two? <sighs> like, let me do it this way. I'm starting a franchise right now with an yeah. NFC quarterback. I'm picking Hertz one. Who's, who's the two? second guy? Beginning of the year, I might have told you Kyler Murray, but I don't think I'm answering. He's now with the ACL and the season he had. I'm not picking him. So I I would not want to pick Dak, but maybe it is Dak. The, like, N- the NFC was the old guys. That's why it was yeah. Brady and Rodgers, and they both stepped stepped back, and now there's nobody there to fill the. It's Cousins, <laughs> right? Daniel Jones, like ah, uh, the the top teams are there, but I still think the the preseason notion of like what the NFC was that still came true because the quarterback we're going through it now. It's not. It's and if not you, strong. and if you did start a franchise draft, you mentioned. You know, Hurts in the AFC, AFC quarterbacks that would go before 
the next NFC quarterback after Hurts. So how many AFC? How many before AFC the second before NFC? Before the second NFC quarterback, it'd be Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, yep. La- Lawrence, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson six. Uh who after that? Do I get Tua? to? Do I get to Tua? Is Tua over Tua or Dak? Do I get to Kenny Pickett? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Do I get to? You know, like it's. I mean, isn't isn't Derek Carr versus Dak close? Mm, might be. I, I mean, might might be close. Um, it's like ten. I think Dak like gets ten guys. I generally think Dak gets too much blame. I think he's pretty darn good, but yeah. And now he's dealing with the Mike McCarthy scenario. He had a tough. I guess Rogers tough year. When we get back, seven destinations for Brady. You didn't. Yes, give, I got right. to see if you can get all seven. There are seven ranked destinations for Tom Brady. We'll see if Joe can nail all seven of them, according to uh, Mark Sessler of NFL.com. That, your phone calls, Tyler Dunn, top of the hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just noticing something. LeBron James is 158 is it 158 points away from becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer? Yes. So we're going to see LeBron do that in the next couple weeks. Yep. O- Ovechkin is on track to maybe in a couple years, year and a half, yep. become the all-time leading goal scorer. The all-time leading passer in NFL history is active and looking for a new team. Mm-hmm. And baseball, not so much, not as much. So Tom we, Brady, go ahead. On the on Brady, we were just doing the, like, is Mahomes going to be the all time passer at one point? Brady has the record now. Like, is that a record that gets broken every ten years? It might not. So Brady, right now, is at eighty nine thousand. Yep, career passing yards, and he hasn't retired yet. Mahomes, if he averaged, he'd have to average five thousand yards playing until he's forty years old. To get that record, yeah, it's so hard. he'd he'd have to play into his forties, yeah, to break the record. So Brady, because he is playing so freaking long, might just like he's cementing it as like this is going to be my record forever. One follow up question: In five years, will six thousand yards be the new normal? Also a good question. I mean, maybe pa- the numbers explode, and there's an extra game than there used to be. Yep, I challenge you to give me the seven teams Tom Brady, according to Mark Sessler at NFL.com. Tom Brady's seven landing spots. Okay, seven. So right, he has them ranked. All right, I'm gonna try to go one through seven, but that's probably gonna be tough. I'll just try to get to seven. The Raiders, number one A. He okay. lists the Raiders as one A. Um, does this include? I'll guess Tampa. Tampa's not on the list. But okay, they not- they are they are unranked. Okay, he kind because of he kind of he took, leaves. Yeah, he kind of took them off the table. Okay, how about the New York Jets? The New York Jets. He ranks seventh. Really. I was thinking like two or three. Uh, New England. New England. He ranks sixth. Okay. Um, how about the Dolphins? No, 1B. 1B. Raiders 1A, Dolphins 1B. We're really tracking him because there was a video yesterday of him touring schools in Miami for his kids. 
yesterday. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of that. Uh, okay, how about the... Hmm. Let's go with the Carolina Panthers. Yes. Fourth. It's a good landing spot. They've got everything team-wise he needs. And they could lure Sean Payton, maybe. They're they they interested. And the division is a cakewalk. Yep. Um, the Saints. Not listed. Mm, damn. Okay. How many have left? You're missing two. Oh, Num- number oh th- how did I not? 49ers. Number three. Yes. So, Dolphins, Raiders, uh-huh. Niners, Panthers, the fifth team. Ian Rappaport has said they are a candidate. The Oh, uh, Tennessee. Yes. Tennessee. I had to guess New Orleans. Otherwise, it was there. Seven for eight. I'll take it. Tennessee getting Brady. I just you already I hate already them. hate the Titans. They get Tom Brady. I don't think I will ever have hated a team. It, it'll be 07 Ottawa vibes for me. Just wanting to bludgeon them every time they play. Trying to think of like picturing Brady in all these jerseys. None of them. I look actually good. think the Raiders could be kind of cool. Yep. Dolphins, annoying, yeah. annoying. Niners, annoying. I like Kyle Shanahan. I don't yep. want to have. Panthers. That would look weird. Hilarious. <laughs> that would look so strange. Titans. Uh-huh. Ri- ridiculous. Ridiculous. Patriots. Pathetic. Yep. Jets. Really weird. Very. Is that the weirdest one? It might be. Because it's like that new jet uniform, too, with like the all green helmets. and I, I he, can't. Should, he should tell them they can't wear the black jerseys if he's going to play there. Those are weird. I don't like yeah. the jet jerseys I'm, at all. I'm Brady. You got it. Would they do it? He tells them, I'll come here, but you got to change your uniforms. <laughs> Maybe. we got to get a break in. Tyler Dunn on the other side. We'll mix your phone calls in as well on the Bills. Talking a lot about the Bills, their coaching staff. Tyler Dunn has a piece up at golongtd.com. Most recently about Brandon Bean's comments about picking high in the draft. So you want to give us a call? You can. Tyler's up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.